Wait a minute, Doc! Are you telling me that it's 825? Precisely! Damn! I'm late for school! Don't need money, don't take fame. It's a power of love. everybody and welcome to the Nightfly with me, Dave Joskow. Birthday edition, August 13. Born at 9.30 at night, I think. Dave Joskow. Who would, uh, born in the, the way I like to think about it is uh, JFK getting assassinated and then the, uh, the, uh, the doctor smacking my ass and then all of a sudden I, I, I cry and then it's like, look at this. The epicness of Dave Juskow being born after a major event. And maybe it didn't happen exactly that way. And it was a little after. But it's our dirty little secret. What? <laughs> That's so gay. But no, I don't know. I've been playing all these songs when I did my show on Monday. And uh, who doesn't like this song? It's awesome. It rocks. Go all the way back to 2003. Actually, I have no idea. I like that. I, I, I like a lot of this. I like a lot of this band's songs. The All American Rejects. They did like four or five good songs, then never heard from again. I like bands like that. And how are you, everybody? And welcome to the show. After we had uh, Olga Namer on last week, we uh, didn't get to talk about anything. And I mean, uh, what's going on in the uh, world of Dave Jessica or anything, if anybody cares. But that was what's going on in that world. I thought it was quite interesting. I like talking about the uh, the uh, Orthodox Jewish religion and the, and the brainwashing that happens for some. And if they can escape. You know, a lot of people don't appreciate that, but uh, those are the facts. And uh, organized religion in general is what I'm talking about. And the brainwashing of the ladies, keeping down a second-class citizens. That's something I'm very strong about. If you don't like it, well, look at the facts. And that's how we open this week's podcast. A little controversial. So, uh, but uh, yeah, Olga's uh, cool and she's interesting and this is her big weekend at the Governor's coming up and we'll see how everything goes for her. She's got a lot on her plate and um, she was quite a lovely guest. I don't know how you feel about it. I know, uh, you know, putting a break in our good time together by ourselves is, you know, I mean, it's, it's crushing. 
sometimes. I know people like it when I do it by myself. Um, and why wouldn't you? I mean, this is so much more enjoyable, isn't it? Who needs guests? Although next week, my guests will be... I don't know what's happening next week. I think I'm just doing... I don't know what I'm doing because I'm going away. So I got to plan ahead and I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. But let's just uh, start off with... Uh, we'll go backwards, but we'll start off with the big birthday show. Yes, even though my birthday's today... As this comes out, taping a, a day in advance, but uh, yes, my uh, birthday is today. I feel like I've already celebrated already, which is good. It's like I got it out of the way, um, you know, with the big the, the, the big comedy show and the big party after, and uh, I do feel like I don't need to do anything on my birthday this year, but I know everybody is like, oh, let's do something, let's do something, but you know, you got to be very specific on who you want to hang out with on your birthday. You don't want to, you don't want to ruin it. You don't want to ruin it. Um, you know, with somebody who you only have lukewarm feelings for. So you just want to make sure you're hanging out with the friends you want to hang out with. Birthdays for me, at least, are very important. For other people, nobody cares. I am a big birthday guy. Everybody knows it. I like to plan my own stuff. I like to do my own thing. I don't like anybody planning it for me because it always ends up in tears. Yes, in tears. If you're not, if you're going to plan a birthday for me, if you're going to plan some form of surprise party for me, y you better know me because you're, you're just not going to do it right. Even if you know me, you're not going to do it right. You're not going to do everything right. And if you know me well, and most of you do, every little detail has to be perfect. Oh, you're going to hear it from me because that is what I do. I enjoy complaining. I've enjoyed it since I was 20 and way before that, and I will continue to enjoy it as I become the old man I was destined to be about complaining about everything, because that is what I do. I am Dave Juskow, and welcome to my show. Sure, it's called The Nightfly, and it's supposed to be about jazz and conversation, but I think we mostly know what it's about. It's about complaining about how people do things, and they don't do it the Dave Juskow way. And as we found in Curb Your Enthusiasm on the Larry David Show, um, people seem to enjoy old Jews complaining about stuff. And that's why you like my podcast. You're welcome, everybody. Now, let's talk about Monday. Monday, August 5th, uh, the big Dave Juskow Still Alive birthday show, which I think we'll just keep calling it that until it ends, because I'm pretty sure it's going to end soon. Let me, uh, let me go back a little bit before we get to that. Uh, two Tuesdays ago, I found out I will never have insurance. I have no insurance now since I was terminated from my job. And let me tell you, I'm still very angry about it too. And those people will pay. Um, it's just a matter of time. Uh, anyway, I don't have insurance. I got cut off immediately from uh, my insurance and, uh, I, I have no insurance and it's uh, terrifying. But I wasn't really worried because I knew I, I'd been calling the state and they know, you know, apparently I made too much money from January to May to uh, get a deal. But then they there was a mistake and a reorganization. And then I had some sort of deal with a tax cut or something and I was going to get health insurance. But I missed the deadline. Uh, probably wasn't paying attention. I haven't wanted to look at my mail. Uh, maybe they said you have to do it after a certain time out of your job or whatever whether it's 60 or 90 days, whatever happened, I missed the deadline. And now I can't get insurance whether I want it or not until November 1st. So that um, makes this Jew 
uh, very paranoid and very nervous. Let's remember what happened the day before I got fired or the Tuesday before I got fired when I knew I was going in to get fired after a suspension day. Uh, If you remember correctly, I made so much stress for myself, my back and spinal cord went out and I was numb from my toes to my back, had to go to the emergency room and get some pills, and the next day I was completely fine, which clearly means I, my mind stressed my body out so much that it put me into almost a coma uh, because that's what a, a good, paranoid, Jewy, schizophrenic mind can do to a person, which is why people say if you have stomach aches or back aches, this could all be caused by stress and your mind causes this. This is a real thing, folks, or at least for me it is. It's definitely a real thing. So now that I know I have no insurance, which is really terrifying, didn't even think about something like that. You know, I mean, I've had insurance for 30 years and now I don't have it and uh, I'm getting scared and I sometimes I have trouble sleeping because I have palpitations, um, not in my heart, but in my chest, which I'm pretty sure is gas. And, uh, oh, see, now that I'm talking about it, it's coming back. I haven't had any problems since I I wasn't even thinking about it. Now that I'm talking about it, it's coming back. So it's clearly mind and stress related, but it's terrifying. And I don't know whether it's caused by uh, whatever I'm drinking or gas or or, or rather, uh, um, not gas, but, uh, well, soda of some sort, some sort of seltzer. Um, Or I try to drink seltzer to make, because I'm I'm like, come on, it's got to be gas. Everybody knows when you're having a heart attack and you think it's a heart attack, it's usually gas. But it's some sort of air bubble or something, which could be terrifying in itself. When you, and then the more you think about it, the more terrifying it gets. And if I had insurance, I'd probably go to a doctor to find out what the hell's the matter with me. Because I go to the doctor. No, I don't need insurance. I only need to go to a doctor twice a year. That's all I need. I go to a doctor twice a year. I go to once for a checkup and once for something stupid like this, which has happened 100 times. I can't breathe. He's like, hey, you're fine. And, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's always once... There's always an extra time I have to go to the doctor, and that's it. So when my doctor told me he was doing this concierge thing where you got to pay $1,000 a year, I'm like, I'm going to pay $1,000 a year to go to the doctor twice, and one's a free checkup? But now knowing that I don't have any of that, it's pretty scary. I mean, I only got to make it to November, but the way I live my life, I'll probably be dead by tomorrow. I mean, I can't imagine lasting another birthday. I'm the Somebody my age, the way I live with whatever I do and the, the drugs or the, the, the booze and the eating, uh, you know, I mean, what, what do you expect is going to happen? I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody would be surprised if all of a sudden, you know, things didn't, you know, I, I want to say woke up dead, but uh, and, and not from suicide, just from uh, poor diet or uh, just the way I live. I mean, it's, it would be expected, but. You know, there's also the thing that God is definitely going to keep me alive and, you know, just to uh, make it miserable, you know? I mean, whatever. I mean, now, right now I feel perfectly fine. I walk a lot. I bike a lot. I do stuff. But then I do the other stuff, which you'd figure it evens itself out. But again, not having health insurance makes you panic. And then you think you have all these other problems. And who knows, you know, what other problems can come up if, if you really do have a problem. I mean, can Dave Juskow, with, with, with tailgating and all that stuff coming up, make it till November, uh, you know, before something happens? And who knows what health insurance that's going to be? 
And it's, it's certainly one of those things when I listen to the candidates talking about health insurance, I think I just used to be like, eh, what are they talking about? Who gives a shit? Because it's something you just don't think about until you don't have it. And I'm sure there's lots of you guys listening to the show that actually pay every month for health insurance. But, you know, when it just comes automatically for your job, you, you don't give it a second thought. Except in March when you're like, oh, do you want to do something with your health insurance? You know, when the open enrollment plans happen. So I don't know what's happening. And should there be free health insurance for all? I mean, uh, well, I mean, I think I always thought that when people were on insurance, but why shouldn't there be? And and certainly it's a, it's a corrupt situation. I mean, this is along the lines of gambling that was just able to, you know, now you can or, or, or maybe not so much weed, but maybe, I mean, there's so much corruption and we all know that the insurance companies are very corrupt and they don't want you to have free insurance. Why would they? Uh, but they're very corrupt. Uh, we know this because of the way they drive up prescriptions and things like that. And also, uh, it, it, it's like I've always said with insurance is, you know, you're, it's basically a gamble, right? You're putting all this money in in case you get sick. And when you get sick, it absolutely pays off. But many times, you know, you go through life and you never use any of this stuff. And that's what they're planning on. So every time that you get sick, they're going to say, you're not covered or something. They're going to, because they're always just like a bookie. They're going to take a shot and they're going to say, um, you're not covered for this. And 50% of the people, probably more, maybe 60 or 70%, 65%, let's say, won't write back and say, ah, oh, crap, I'm not covered. I'll pay. Because the other 40% or whatever uh, the math I'm doing will write and say, what the hell is the matter with you? Because the insurance companies, like a bookie, will say, like, we're going to take a shot and see if these people are paying attention. And if they write back, of course, they're covered. But we're taking a shot. We're taking a shot. Oh, you're not supposed to pay. I mean, that you know, that's the thing. So it's very much like a, like a bookie or somebody else who's, you know, you take a shot and you say, you know, maybe, maybe they won't be paying attention. They'll just end up paying it. And lots of people do that with invoices and things like that. And some people pay and some people complain. But they're not expecting a lot of people to complain. Some people are just like, just pay it. Just pay it. I don't feel like writing a letter. I don't feel like doing stuff. It's so funny. Now I'm getting dizzy because I was talking about insurance and my health. And this is what happens. This is what happens. Let me tell you something what I'm drinking right now. So I got one of those soda stream things on Amazon Prime Day. I'm like, you know, I've been drinking a lot of seltzer lately because I think that's good for you when you come home after drinking, right? So I'll drink seltzer. And if I order online from stuff, I'll get like cans of seltzer or something. But, you know, whatever. I thought maybe if I could make my own soda at home or seltzer, that would be best. So I got one of those soda streams because it was pretty well priced. And I got one flavor. I got some ginger ale flavoring. But I just wanted to have seltzer. Um, and I tried it and it's like, I don't know if you've tried this thing. It's not, you don't plug it in or anything. It just works with the CO2 cartridge, which now I found that CO2 cartridge is so expensive. It's probably not worth it. It's probably better for me to just can't get cans of seltzer. Um, you know, flavored seltzer, moderately flavored seltzer, but the soda stream is fun, but it really takes a lot of presses to really get it carbonated to where I want it to be. Like I would get it in the store. But it has been fun, and it's kind of delicious. So I've just been making my own ginger ale. That's what I was just drinking. It's pretty good. 
and it's kind of fun right now. This is only my second batch that I've made. You know, you just put it it's in a, like a soda can like it would be a seltzer bottle. But I'm not sure if it's going to save money because I'm pretty sure those CO2 cartridges are pretty expensive. So if those CO2 cartridges cost like 40 bucks or something, well, that's completely not worth it at all. I thought I'd give it a try, but then I also remember somebody talking about that SodaStream has a problem with Israel or something, but I wasn't sure if that's the case. I didn't do the research. I just saw they had a deal. And it seemed like a good idea. Look, I took another sip because it's delicious. So I guess it's okay, but it's kind of flat. It took too many pumps, and then that means the carbonation is going to run out much quicker, and then I'm going to have to buy more. So I don't know whether it's worth it. I don't know if any of you guys have it or if, you're, or if I'm doing it the wrong way. I can't imagine I'm doing it the wrong way. But if I got to press it that many times, the button, and then it, it, it's still not carbonated enough, I don't know. I'm confused. Like I said, just started. They don't really have directions. They just have pictures because I guess it's sold worldwide. But it certainly was easy to put together. I bought a couple of things on Amazon Prime Day. I think I bought a jar open. I haven't opened any boxes. You know, I still, I'm still just like not together. But now I am because now after Monday, everything is over. And now I'm getting a little panicked. And I think this is what's giving me these palpitations or whatever they are. I'm like, now what do I do? You know, I had when I got fired, I had these two shows planned and the Sarah shows. And that was my... You know, that was it. That was what I was going to be doing. And now it's over. I don't have anything planned. I got nothing planned. I got no income coming in yet. I mean, I know I'll have other shows at the cellar and everything, but I just don't have anything planned. I don't have anything to either look forward to or a payment or anything. So getting a little nervous. And I'm going out to California next week. I'm not, I'm always nervous about that. I can't stand flying. I hate, hate traveling. I really don't want to go, but I know it'll be good if I go. Ugh, the whole thing is stressing me out. It's all stressing me out. Like, I can't wait to be back already and doing stuff. Like, I like planning stuff already when I come back. Oh, what do you hear what I got planned? I, I can't even tell you. It's so, so frustrating. So, anyway, ugh, I'm having trouble breathing because I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, God, I am so Jewy. I, there's just no other way to put it. It's so horrible. This happens to me all the time. Um, I got to relax, right? So, um, where were we? Uh, yeah, so the show, August 5th, it was amazing. It might have been the best show I've ever done. I know I've probably said that before, but this was terrific. Um, it was completely sold out to where, and let me tell you something again, people, if I put you on the list, God damn it, get there a half hour beforehand so I don't look like an asshole, so you don't look like an asshole, because they're filling up seats. You can't, you can't. If I put you on the list, you got to arrive at 8 o'clock exactly? That's so disrespectful, I can't even believe, begin to tell you how bad it is. And when people come late, and you call me and you say we're going to be late, that's disrespectful, because all my parts come at the beginning of the show. I'm like the MC. I put together, I do my stuff up top. If you're coming late, it's completely disrespectful. And two of these girls from Long Island, I put them on the list. I was kind of to put them on the list. They show up exactly at 8. They're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, yo, I'm about to go on stage. So this is a bad time to come out now. Give me my gift. Why don't you come a half hour early so we can have a conversation before and you can sit properly. It's very frustrating. And then, you know, it's just it's just really disrespectful. That's all it is. Uh, you know, my other good friends always come very early and then they get seats. 
And then the ones that come at 8 o'clock, it gets sold out. The show gets sold out. So why put yourself in that situation? I mean, I don't know when it's going to get sold out, but this time it did. The birthday shows always seem to get sold out. I don't know why. I don't know if there's a list. And last night, David Tell said I should up the price to 20 bucks. But I feel bad about that because then if it's 20 bucks, maybe it won't get sold out. Because 15, you know, is easy, but 20, I don't know. But it's, I mean, that was such a solid lineup. Oh, it was such a solid lineup. It was Gilbert, Attell, Michelle Wolf was the guest. Michelle Wolf, you know, that was exciting for everybody. Lenny Marcus, Matt Richards from HQ. Um, leaving somebody out, of course. Um, Gary Goldman, Sam Morell came by. I mean, it was a really solid, great show. And then I had this kid, Elon Altman, come in. I just met this kid once. He, I, I was like, I like this kid. I met him. I liked him. Then I saw his act. And I'm like, you know what? He's so good. I'm going to give him five minutes. And I come up and I just say, listen, here's this kid. I feel like, you know, Milton Berle. I, I found this new kid. He's going to be terrific. I mean, but I really was giving him a chance because I think he's great. And, I, you know, just want to share him with everybody else. I'm like, do you think he's great? But then all these people that I've been working with lately, they're all angry. They're like, why'd you give Elon a spot? And I'm like, do you, you know, I got to be careful. Do you really think you're comedy seller material? I got to be careful, but I feel bad. I got these friends that are angry that I put this kid on who I just met. But this kid, I mean, I'm going to talk to them about auditioning him at the seller. I mean, I think he's that good. And the thing is, the seller has its comics and it it has, you know, very good intellectual like comics. And a lot of the people I know aren't ready for the seller. They're just not seller comics material and for me to say something like that is you know seems ridiculous but it's a thing the comedy seller has quality comedy major quality comedy it's the best club in the world i've told you this before so i got to be choosy on who i even give five minutes to and i have friends who i'd love to do a solid to and put them on but some of them just don't belong there and i feel really bad about it and i'm sorry they're angry but I, I got to worry about myself and, quite frankly, as stupid as it sounds, my brand. And I just want to make sure that it's somebody good. I mean, that that people are going to enjoy and that it, and it goes with the flow of the show. And uh, a couple of the people I was thinking of uh, who, you know, were upset about it, I'm like, you, you would mess up the flow of this wonderful show that I had, that the audience was having a good time. Now, I wonder if this show was different because... Many times I open the show with a musical number or something like that, and and maybe that's the reason people aren't understanding or a bit, and it bombs. This time, I opened the show with stand-up, and I warmed up the audience with stand-up comedy that I had prepared, obviously, for the last couple of months, touring with Sarah and doing all this stuff. So maybe in that sense, opening the show like a professional comedian set the tone for the evening where even when Matt Richards came on stage and we did these ridiculous, you know, Dave Jusko birthday trivia, it killed. It killed. Or just the audience was just ready to have a great time. So you don't know if it's something I did or it's just that this audience was happy and it's the summer and we're, we're all having a good time. Hard to say. Hard to say. But I set it up great. And like I said, the birthday questions went well and the questions were like, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the last Gay Pride Day, did Dave Juskow, one, 
join the parade and show his true colors. Uh, two, have a party at his house to celebrate Pride Day. Or three, call the mayor's office constantly to complain about parades in general. <laughs> and of course, the answer was three. And then number four was the exact same for the Puerto Rican Day Parade. But everybody loved it and they were laughing. And uh, it was it was good. Matt Richards was like, I can't believe that worked. You know, like he saw the question. I mean, they were funny, but it was working. Everything was working. And then I just blew through the comics because I ran out of time. Yam, I didn't even get Yamanika on stage. I felt horrible. I had to be out of there by 940 because Michelle Wolf was coming in at 10. And I was running out of time. So I put Gilbert up first. Then, then I think Gary... And uh, then I was running out of comics. Like, they, nobody was there. So I think I put Sam up for five minutes. Then Elon, am I missing some? Oh, Lenny Marcus went up second. That's right. And he killed. I mean, he killed. And and then I put this kid Elon on, and he, did, he killed this new kid, Elon Altman. He did great. I was so proud of him he was so happy and so grateful and his wife was there and her best friend i mean it was very exciting this is a kid that gets it he's like my dream is to play the comedy seller he totally understood the you know the the ramification of the greatness of this unlike those other twats that i put on that didn't seem to get it and and he came he was respectful he even was kind enough to walk gilbert up to the stage because gilbert's very fragile lately and he needed an escort, and Elon was kind enough to walk him to the stage so he wouldn't fall. And I didn't want, I didn't, you know, I was hoping a waitress would do it, but I wasn't sure. I'm like, Elon, if the waitress doesn't choke, can you please do it? He was more than happy to do it. I mean, technically, it's, you know, he's walking one of his heroes to the thing, so it's kind of cool. It would be like something if we were walking Milton Berle to the thing or something. I mean, it's the exact same thing. But Elon was very kind and nice, and he killed it, and he killed it. And I was so happy for him. I'm proud, and the audience loved it. And I set it up. I said, listen, I've been doing a lot of comedy, and I, I've been meeting these kids, and I wanted to share it with you, who I think are really great, and 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 they got it. And you know, prefacing it like that, I think got the audience excited that they were seeing somebody that is just starting out that might be really terrific later on, and they'll be able to say that they saw it. You know, so it was really great. And then Dave went on, and he killed it so much that. He blew the light, which was fine. I was just trying to get him off because Yamanika only had four minutes left. She got, I ain't doing four minutes. And I can't blame her at all. I mean, she still got paid and everything, but she understood. But, uh, you know, we just ended the show with a tell. I mean, Liz was very like, Jessica, you have four minutes. I swear to God. And I'm like, you know, who wants to fuck that up? And I told her it'd be finished by 940. I was blowing through. I just kept going on. All right, that guy was great. How about this next guy? Because I just, I, you know, had so many comics and so little time. Um, but in that sense, doing uh, what did we start around eight, eight ten, maybe we went to nine forty, maybe an hour and a half show, but jam packed with just the funniest people ever. Uh, I think the crowd was totally digging it, and it was great, and I felt good. I was totally stressed and stressed because it's very difficult whenever you know people aren't showing up on time. It's very difficult, um, but it worked out great. And then I went upstairs and partied and. You know, had once I finally had a drink, I was okay because I'm, you know, talking to people, I'm stressed. Meanwhile, I'll tell you, I went to get my hair cut. First of all, let me tell you something. I don't think my fifteen thousand dollars I paid for my hair is working. 
I don't like what I see. I think something's wrong. I think this guy's a quack. I think I'm going to ask for some of my money back or he fucked up. I don't like it. I did like it at first. I saw some stuff, but now I don't think it's going very well. And I went to the hair guy, you know, my barber, and I'm just like, do you think this is going well? And he's like, you should have gone to Turkey. And I'm like, shut up. I just got a trim, you know, like something. I didn't want my hair cut again. I kind of want to grow it out and see what, maybe there'll be a difference. I don't know. I'm not happy. I am not happy. I was happy. I don't know. Something is wrong, I think. And uh, I guess I'll have an appointment next month because that'll be a year. So I'm not happy. I don't know. I don't know whether something wrong. We'll find out, right? And that'll be interesting talk, too. And quite frankly, at this point, I wouldn't mind getting half my money back. But uh, God damn it. I'm really upset about it, too. But um, I went to get my hair. Then my friend John Vitti, you know, from the Boston Globe, he had come down by the train. He comes down for the shows. And he's at this place, which I must have been adamant about about three weeks ago about this place, Danino's. It sucks. It's such a bag of shit. It's right by the comedy cellar. Maybe their food is okay. Their pizza is good. He loves going in there. And I'm like, dude, don't go in there. That place blows. And he met a couple of douchebags. So I don't know. They're from somewhere. Maybe they used to work at the Globe. So one guy goes in there. I, I see him in the middle of the afternoon. I walk in. First of all, there's no air conditioning in that place. I've been complaining about that place. Since, and then I'm like, you're gonna. why are you staying in here? There's no air conditioning here. It's really hot outside. What the fuck is the matter with you? Go somewhere else. I couldn't, I was so angry. The waitress came over. I'm like, where the fuck is the air conditioner? She goes, I don't know. Ask the matter. I'm like, everybody's rude in that place, these fuckers. I want to close them down. Danino's on McDougal Street. They stink. Everything they do sucks. They didn't have any air conditioning on in the middle of the summer. They just had their windows open. I'm like, you guys stink. And, you know, Vinny's just sitting in there and he's with these douchebags, some douchebag. I try to say hello. Guy gets up and leaves. What a fucking asshole. So I, they, those people made me so angry. They weren't even coming to the show. I don't know. Then he had people come to the show. He didn't even introduce me to anybody. I don't know what's going on with this guy. He's, he's complacent about this. I, this is the kind of stuff that makes me very angry all the time. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why anybody would want to sit in a hot place and not be like, you know, that's the first thing I do. I'll, yeah, I'm not happy here. I'm going somewhere else. I mean, I know he doesn't know the neighborhood, but I would just take these people and be like, let's go somewhere else. This is stupid. And meanwhile, my sister was going to go to the um, Ferrari, um, Fiori's Pizza Place and take, you know, my sister and uh, Billy, Dory, and Matt came, and they were going to come early, get a slice of pizza, and then go to the show. But Billy had stomachache problems because he's just like me, and he's like, oh, I got a stomachache, and he ruined everybody's good time, and then they had to eat there and spend money there and stuff, which they didn't want to do. Oh, and listen to this. My friend Michelle came, which was really nice. I didn't put her on the list because I didn't really think she was coming. She bought some dude who she said was obsessed with me and something, whatever. Uh, I never met this guy in my life. I met him online. He looked like a douchebag. They get there, and at 8 o'clock when the show starts, it starts at 8.05, he leaves to go get a slice of pizza in a in a place that serves food. She was sitting right up front, and this guy left, and I'm making fun of her on stage, and I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? This guy's got diarrhea in the back. What the fuck is going on? And and he and he, he didn't come back for like 15 minutes, missed my entire set. And she's like, I am not talking to him. I reamed him a new asshole after. I mean, what a dick. He went outside to get high or something or whatever he was doing. I mean, that I can understand. But just before the show starts, like he went out at eight o'clock. <sighs> this kind of shit, as you know, drives me insane. But I let all that go because the rest of the show was great. And uh, I tell you, I opened the I opened the day. 
I have I love having the wireless mic and going through the audience, but I will tell you the audience hates it. Clearly they hate it. I came up doing a number from Bye Bye Birdie <laughs> with the mic, and it goes, There are chicks just right for some kissing. And I mean to kiss me a few. Sure, it's creepy, but then I was going to the girls. I'm like, how you doing? And they were just like, oh, what's happening? It was really fucked up. And then I walked right into Joe and I'd start laughing. I'm like, this is so stupid. (laughs) But I just kept going. Because then I was like, there are men of 50 or 60 Older men, suave and sordid and true. Something like, older men can give a girl plenty. I was just singing the stupidest lyrics. Then I stopped it, whatever. But I'm telling you, those people that were just sitting there with their mouths open as if they had just seen me do Springtime for Hitler, uh, they just don't care for the musical opening. And I won't stop. I'm always going to do a musical opening, even if it's for 30 seconds. Go fuck yourselves. Because that is hilarious. Go through the audience with a wireless microphone singing to people. That's hilarious. The hell's the matter with you people? How is that not funny? I'm trying to, I'm trying to do it like an old-fashioned 70s TV show. Fuck you. Unbelievable. I mean, seriously, what's the matter? Why is everybody so uptight? So ridiculous. Anyway, though, with all that complaining and nonsense, uh, it was super fun. I kept and I brought everybody up to music. I didn't have Rick this time or Mateo. And I just brought everybody up to, you know, tunes that like started, you know, good, you know, like that had. um, Oh, wait, here's that song. Let's see if I can. I forgot I had it. There are chicks just right for some kissing. And I mean to kiss me a few. Man, those chicks don't know what they're missing. I've got a lot of living to do I mean sure it's creepy but isn't that the fun <laughs> let, let me ask you are you sitting there going like what the fuck is going on <laughs> for me that's funny but I was all trying to start uh, songs that had like really good openings and now Gilbert Gottfried Sure, they're weird. That's Brian Adams. I mean, just ones that had, you know, had openings, you know, that sound good. Here's the ones. Yeah. So you know I was going to put the cars there somewhere. Eh, 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 eh. What's another one? Oh, here was for uh, Michelle Wolf. I think it's from Tina Turner. I mean, that's, yeah. I thought it would pick up by now, but it's not that great. Probably should have started it there. Oh, well. Oh, they can't all be gems. Um, And, of course, this one I brought up Elon in because he's a kid. We're going at it tonight. Yeah. Tonight. There's a party on the road for the Hollywood flag. Tonight. Tonight. Oh, there's the Hollywood sign song, yeah. 
Yeah, super fun, right? That's what I brought it to a tell for, of course, our theme. Yeah, I don't know why I never thought of that before, just bringing everybody up. Uh, you know, Leslie Jones didn't show up, um, which was fine because I didn't have any room for her, but this is what she would have brought her up for. Oh, yeah. Leslie Jones, everybody. What's up? Woo! little pink action uh so that's what i was going for was like songs that um you know just had you know great openings <laughs> right it's a classic i i mean um that's cool right i mean i can do whatever i want right because it's uh the birthday show and of course i opened and started with this i don't know why i just like it why is that so If you got them, all right, yeah. New battle takes with you. Uh, so that's how I brought up everybody on stage. Isn't that fun? So it was exciting. And I had the wireless mic. I don't know why other people don't use the wireless mic. The wireless mic is great because then there's no lag time from the time that somebody leaves the stage for me getting all the way up on stage using their microphone and stuff. I can start saying their names from the stage. There's no lag time. It makes the show go better. I don't understand why more people don't do that. But they don't. Now, let's go to um, what I did Thursday night. No, Friday. It was Friday. All right, you ready for this? You ready for this? Are you sitting down? Have you had enough to eat? Is there anything I have to bring up before I have to? No, we'll just do this. All right. Um, Our good friend, Richard Klein, Larry from Three's Company, is in the musical Waitress. It's um here, here's um this is classic um you know Richard Klein and, and I have become friends and I tell you all the time it's 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 one of the greatest that you know he's been in a lot of the Godfather stuff but it it's the greatest being friends and it makes me happy on a daily basis it really does it's exciting for me um and this is him on Billy on the Street which is hilarious Sir, randomly meeting who's him. more talented Flo Rida or Al Roker. I don't know either one of them. I'm Al Roker, even? The, the guy who lost all the weight? Yeah, the weatherman from the Today Show. Was he on Three's Company? Come on. Oh, I was. Oh, you were! Bye. Oh, my God, you were! Yes! Yes, he was on Three's Company! Billy on the Street! street. That's uh, Billy on the Street. He randomly ran into Richard Klein on the street, which is funny. I like that he, uh, you know, appreciates that he was on Three's Company. What's better than that? Anyway... So I go, so I know that he's going to be in this musical. It's called Waitress. If you don't know it, it is based on a movie made by Adrian Shelley, who got assassinated uh, by the same thing with this, this comedy club owner, got assassinated. Yeah, that's right. I'm using the word assassinated. 
uh, in the same kind of situation. I don't know if you heard about this, but the comedy club owner from the stand got killed by his nanny's boyfriend. Man, that blows. Um, you know, you're not think these are the people you're not thinking of you're going to have a problem with. Adrian Shelley got killed many years ago by a construction worker like doing construction in her house. Probably accidental a little bit, but one of those things you might see in the movie where she ended up dead and it's pretty messed up. So she wrote this movie and she starred in the movie with Carrie Russell, who's super hot. And they made it into this play. It's about a waitress who uh, put, and she makes all these great pies. And she puts all of her love into the pies. And she makes pies. She's really good at making pies. And um, I have to say, out of all the Broadway shows I've ever seen, that is the best smelling show I have ever been to. The whole place smells like pie. They actually give out pies during the show. Or not during the show, but you know, before the show, you can have like a little you know, like a pie in like a jar and the place smells of pie. And that is awesome. So it's pretty good, but it, it's so, um, I would never see this show. I just could not care less. I didn't care for the movie. I've never seen it all the way through. It always just is very slow. And I do like Sarah Bareilles who, um, wrote all the songs, but I just didn't care enough to see the show, uh, until I have a friend in it. And my friend is playing this part that Andy Griffith played uh, in the movie while he was already 80. So I think, you know, Richard is much younger than that. But he plays, I think, the old man who owns the actual place. Um, And when we review Broadway shows on this show, uh, you know, I'm obviously very particular. I'm obviously very snobby. Um. I'm up for new things. Uh, but when I am seeing the same drivel stuff put out, that just is what they do on Broadway now. Uh, it's a little frustrating. Now, this play was perfectly perfect. It is exactly the way I figured it would be. It was delightful enough uh, getting a half-price ticket is the way to go. It certainly wouldn't be worth $180 a ticket, but it's worth $60 a t- or whatever, $80 a ticket. That's fine. Maybe a little less. It's a it's a fun enough show. It was enjoyable. I didn't fall asleep. And the songs are just okay. And that's what it all comes down to again. And this is why I thoroughly enjoyed Beetlejuice. Because it's very rare when you're going to leave a show saying, boy, that was something else. And, you know, what have we liked over the years? We, um, you know, obviously we thoroughly enjoyed Dear Evan Hansen. And that was clearly just based on the performance of this one kid. And the songs are very, very good. But this one performance made the show. And with him not being in it, you never hear about the show anymore. You just don't. And... um you know, Beetlejuice, for some reason, at least worked for me. And of course, that's what it comes down to. But my criteria, as we say all the time, is leaving the theater singing one song. And there is not one song in this musical that I would ever remember. When I'm looking at the listing of songs that I was going to play, 
I don't remember one. I look at the names of the songs. I'm like, that was the name of the song. I mean, it one is the exact same as the next. They are not horrible in any way. They're just what they are. And you'd figure somebody like Sarah Bareilles, who you know wrote a couple of pop songs, would be able to come up with one song that you could play on the radio as, you know, I'm doing the air quotes with the radio. Um, but no, I'm getting nothing. Now, I suppose there's people out there that could tell me that that's different. Uh, they feel differently, but it's not like I've heard anybody say anything different. Uh, the show is pleasant. If you're in town and you can't get tickets to Hamilton or, you know, or my mind Beetlejuice or something, which you can, because uh, nobody seems to feel that way about Beetlejuice that I do. Um, you know, it's it, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, that was, you know, you, every, everybody's going to walk out of the theater saying, eh, that was okay. Just like with Pretty Woman came out of that, man, like, that was all right. That was all right. I mean, that's all you can, I guess, hope for in a Broadway show these days. It's just not like the old days where you're going to leave singing a song or even going like, wow. But like I said, I love Beetlejuice saying, wow. I loved it. I thought it was great. So I don't know. That's the last one I saw that was like, you know, nothing's like Dear Evan Hansen in that sense of performance. But if I was spending, I'm looking at it this way, which, you know, I'm sorry if I just keep repeating myself. But let's face it, folks. If you're paying $180 a ticket and probably over that at this point, it's almost up to $200 a ticket for you and your family, all right? If you just spend $800 for four tickets and most families have more than that, so they have to spend about $1,000 for husband and wife and three kids to go see a show, they're paying $1,000. I want a little more. $200 a ticket. I want to leave there going like, damn, that was amazing. But from out of town, you might say, boy, that was great. But if you're in town and you're a little snobby, you say, eh, it was okay. I mean, like, this is one of the songs. Jenna, time to pee on a stick. I don't want to know. Come on, honey, you waited long enough. Get to it and do it. Okay, girls, enough. You know what we mean. you drank enough this morning that's it that this is what we're writing and listening to uh, do i even play on it it doesn't get any better come on sweetie it's better to know we'll be right here with you so it's no or it's yeah a squad and a squeeze a prayer and a please it's nothing I'm sticking a line just one of them if i'm lucky a pot and a piss here we go sis and we'll keep our focus on the negative. Read the instructions. Oh, I'm bored. And I was bored when I saw that song. And uh, I mean, I wasn't too bored. You know, it's pleasant enough. But it's just it's just not Book of Mormon. Great. And remember, I mean, how many times are we going to talk about it? Book of Mormon is making fun of Broadway and they made better songs more exciting and more endearing with more important lyrics to be funny and socially relevant and at the same time. And the music was amazing. I mean, all these songs are bad. The best part about the song is uh, how one of these songs, the show opens. Sugar, sugar, 
Oh my god. Remember how a chorus line opened? A five, six, seven, eight. Sugar, butter, flour. That keeps coming up throughout the end because um, uh, that was actually my, I gotta say that was actually my favorite part is when they have the actual end, the end line. This is the last song, which is a remake of the opening song, but the ending, I think goes, oh yeah. Sugar, butter, flour. That was the best part of the whole play, that it ended with the sugar, butter, flour. And boy, was I hungry after that. I wanted a pie, but I never got one. I don't even like pies, but I certainly wanted a pie after that one. Sugar, butter, flour. Oh, that sounds delicious. I like the way that ended. And that's pretty much it. But the important thing is that Richard Klein was terrific. He doesn't have that much to do, but it doesn't matter. It's still exciting seeing your friend on Broadway. And I was in the third row, and he noticed me at the curtain call, and he pointed, and I'm like, yeah, you're the man. You're the man. That was exciting. That was the best part of the show. I mean, it certainly was cool seeing your friend in a musical like on Broadway. Man, that is cool. That is way cool. Um, so again, I can look through all of these songs and pick one, and I promise you they're all going to sound like the uh, the one that we heard at the beginning. Uh, let's, uh, here, uh, let's try this one. Where is it? I saw I had another one that I, oh, I don't know. Let's try this. I don't know. You know, it's kind of funny. Just seeing you sitting here all by yourself in your uniform. You remind me of a girl I once knew. Yeah. God, by now she's well in middle age. If you don't like musicals, Probably you would 41. hate this, right? 42. Huh. Thank you. What? What? Oh my God! No, 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 no! She was a waitress at a shop I used to frequent quite a lot. Nice teeth and small hands, and snuck me goodies I couldn't afford then. She was sweet to me. Reminds me of you. Oh. It's all good enough. It's good enough. It's a pleasant song. It's not the worst song I've ever heard. They're all like that. They're all exactly the same. One goes into the other. I mean, at least it doesn't wasn't an Android like Weber disaster where, you know, one song goes into the other and there's no talking, you know. I mean, so it was uh, good that way. You know, it's a regular old-fashioned musical that way, thank God. But, you know, there it is, right? I mean, that's something I never would have gotten to see, but you got a friend in it, and uh, he sings, uh, you know, Take It From An Old Man, which, of course, is making me angry because, you know, I guess I can sing this song now. But it was cool that he sang. I wasn't sure if he was going to sing. Take it from an old man. Time's just sand slipping past. Now, that ain't his fault that it sucks. Um, it's just boring. But I never fell asleep. But let me tell you what happened. Let me start from the beginning of what happened to my night at Waitress. This is so amazing so i was trying to find somebody to go with because this is always my dilemma but now you know i have all these girls i can go out with and i wanted to go out with a, a girl 
You're not gonna. What are you gonna go see, Larry from Three's Company, the the consummate bachelor, without go bringing a girl, so you can be like, oh, who is this? Oh, hello. You know, because uh, you know, you want to take a girl to see uh, Larry. You know, something. So, um, um, you know, I wasn't sure until the last minute. They even got tickets in the last minute, so you know, I, I. Most of the people I wanted to go couldn't make it. So I asked this one girl, and I was like, oh, she's a train wreck, but I'm going to ask her. And we've hung out before. I even played some stuff for her on the podcast. We're a little crazy. And, I mean, she's, you know, nice and everything, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So I gave her a call, and I was like, um, you know, listen, I'm going to go to this play tomorrow if you want to come. She's like, oh, I've already seen it, but I'd love to see it again. I'm like, all right. Because, you know, I got to bring somebody fairly hot. She goes, and I'm like, well, what are you going to wear? I know it's a douche move by me, but I was just kidding. And uh, and she's like, no, I'm going to wear something cute. And I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, I, mean, I just, I, I don't want to be a different, I, I was just, uh, whatever she was going to wear was going to be fine. But um, so, so it's all set. Uh, I was at my mother's house when I was texting her all this. This was on Thursday. So I said, it's tomorrow, you know, tomorrow. I never said Friday, but I said tomorrow. You can see what's coming. And I don't text her the rest of the, you know, I just said, here's where we're meeting. We had all these texts, 47th Street. Uh, I didn't say the name of the theater, but I certainly said the name of the show, Waitress. And... um I the next day I went down I got the tickets I did not contact her now maybe I should have but I didn't want to be like hey you're all good with today right I I was trying to just be like she'll get it she you know there's no reason to keep prodding her like she's an idiot or something however I guess I should have because at seven o'clock I started texting I'm like you know uh, let me just give her a text I haven't heard from you you know hope everything's still cool. 7.15, I don't hear back from her. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. You know, I hope you, I guess you're on your way. You haven't lost your phone or anything. It's, it's definitely cool, right? I'm, I'm trying to be like, I'm not trying to, you know, say you're an idiot, but uh, 7.30, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? 7.40, I finally call. She answers the phone. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, are you here? Because I'm already at the theater. She's like, what? She's sleeping and in bed. And I'm like, God, you, you're kidding, right? You're kidding, because I don't know what to do. I'm about to cry. For real. Like, I am i can't decide what to do. I want to be an adult. I want to be a man. I just spent money on these tickets. I have two. Seeing a Broadway show by yourself is just, I mean, uh, listen. But I got to say, she was very diligent. She goes, oh, my God, I thought it was tomorrow. I thought it was tomorrow. Because when I was texting her, she was already drunk. It was 2 in the afternoon. She was already drunk. That's what you get, Dave Juskow. That's what you get for asking somebody like this to the show. That's what you get. This is my fault. And I guess I knew this, so I wasn't old Dave Juskow angry. I'm like, this is what I get for asking this kind of person. That's what I deserve. I deserve this. Damn it. So she goes, no, no, no. I can be there in like 20 minutes. She lives in Queens, folks. I don't know if you know the difference, but it ain't Manhattan. She says, no, I can be there in 20 minutes. And I actually believed her. She's like, just leave a ticket for me. Leave a ticket for me. I can do this. I, I promise. She was really good about being polite about the fixing the damage. And I'm like, all right, I'll leave a ticket. I'm like, you know what? This isn't bad. She's like, I already seen it before. It's cool. 
So don't worry, don't worry. And I wasn't worried, except I'm like, we have great seats. We're in the front row, you know, but whatever. I left the ticket at the box office. I put her name on it. I talked to the guy, and I was like making fun. I'm like, yeah, my girl's a fucking moron. Uh, sorry, I gotta. Can I said okay to leave? He goes, yeah, I'll make sure she get it. Don't worry about it. I'm like, yeah, she's a, you know, she's a drunk. She doesn't know what day it is. You know, I was like making fun, and um, they take the ticket. I go in, and we have the best seats, and she's not showing up. But it's not bothering me. I'm enjoying the show, and I'm like, screw her. I know she'll be here at some point. Maybe she's just waiting till intermission because we're so down in front. At intermission, I turn on my phone and she's already calling me. Like I turned it on, she was it was already ringing, and I'm like, "Hello." She goes, "They didn't leave a ticket for me at the box." I'm like, "No, I left you one for sure." And then I immediately get up and walk out to the street, and I say, "I'm positive I left you one." I even had a conversation with the guy, but he goes, "They left nothing," and I'm like, instantly I realize I'm like. I know I left the ticket. I know I talked to this guy, unless it was some stranger that I talked to and he didn't work. I say, um, I'm just going to ask you, what show exactly are you at? And she says, I'm at Beautiful. Beautiful is the Carol King musical, which this isn't. And I go, well, you're at the wrong show, you dumb piece of shit. You are the stupidest fucking person I've ever met in my life. She goes, oh, no. Oh, no, because she was like, Colin, she was like, they, they only have a ticket for a girl named Melissa. They even let me walk in and see. I'm like, because like, you're an idiot. I mean, did you even go back and look at any of the texts? How could you be so stupid? But again, this is on me. I asked somebody who's a moron, a genuine drunk moron. It's on me. So she goes, no, I could be there. I could be there. She really, I got to say, she was diligent. She's on 43rd and 6th, and she ran and made it to while we were still at intermission, all sweaty and gross, but she still looked cute, unbelievably cute, Um, and made it by intermission. And then she's like, I'm so sorry. I mean, at least she was apologetic. She said, please don't be, I know you're going to be upset, but please don't be mad at me. I mean, at least... If you're going to be this way, at least she was like that. You know, she's like, hey, fuck you. Or you didn't tell me, you know, like it wasn't like that. She was apologetic in the the right way. She's like, but I rectified it right, didn't I? I, I was here at 818. It was just the wrong show. Now, in her defense, which, of course, is no defense, the girl that originated the role in Waitress also originated the role in Beautiful. This woman, Jessie Mueller, I think her name is. So, And she saw both. So I kind of get it. If I'm a 29-year-old complete alcoholic, I could see mixing that up. All you got to do is check the text. I mean, that's all you got to do. At some point where they're like, there's no ticket, I would check the text. I'm sure it's him. sure it's Why does it say 47th Street? He must have gotten this wrong. You know, like, but she's a dope. So we go in. uh, I give her uh, a handkerchief. I don't have a handkerchief. I carry around paper towels this is why i can't stand viva that they have the chooses sheet i like the one sheet i wrap it up and i have that as my thing when i'm sweaty when i go so i'm just ready to pat myself down because handkerchiefs are like what are you kidding you use those ones you gotta wash them a paper towel is the way to go my dad was like you don't carry paper paper i'm like no i carry a kleenex and a paper towel i mean that's why would i want to carry a handkerchief is like the grossest thing of all time you want something you can instantly throw out so i was able to give her like a gentleman 
an old-fashioned handkerchief, which is now a nice thing of Viva. She's like, oh, Viva. You know, she was even impressed because it was cool. So she was able to pat herself down a little bit. And we went, she goes, oh, my God, these seats are so great. I'm so sorry I messed up. But let me tell you something. She, I don't know how to explain it. I, it. I'm so nerdy, and I'm such a geek. And even though I, you know, have... I guess slept with a lot of girls. I, I guess I, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't like to talk about that much, but I, you know, I definitely had a a, a good period. Uh, I'm still a nerd. No matter what happens, I will always be a 13 year old boy in my head, which is why I think I'm just messed up. Um, I was such a nerd growing up. I am still that guy. Uh, the girl really still needs to be the aggressor, I think, sometimes. I mean, I certainly have worked it out, but I am still a nerd. And when a girl touches me, like uh, in that episode, we always play the Big Bang Theory of Billy Bob Thornton. Well, she touched me for two Mississippis. I am still that nerd. When a girl touches me, I get excited, you know, just like, and this girl is so smart to try and make up uh she was all like over me uh sitting there you know what i'm saying like really it was the best theater experience i've ever had in my life for for the second half because she just kept like holding me but in a good way you know in a good not not like an annoying way like, you know, grabbing my arm and holding on to me and putting her head on my shoulder and grabbing my hand. And, you know, we were like rubbing each other. It, it was brilliant. On her half, she must know I'm a nerd, that that would be effective. Or she just knows this is how I know how to please a man when I've done wrong. And it was, it, 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 I was, everything was forgiven. It was unbelievable. This was such a smart, easy thing to do for any girl. And and, and and I don't think it made anybody else uncomfortable in the theater. You know, she did it just the right way where it was very uh, sexy, but also just romantic and and cool and, and made this uh, boy who's in his mind always 13 or 14 and a nerd feel like a million dollars. And I'm like, yeah, don't because you know, remember I was there by myself with an empty seat. So these people next to me are like, oh, I guess uh she's well, that's worth waiting for. Hey, look at this guy, you know. Uh, but it it was great and uh it, it's so funny. I remember sitting there, I probably have this huge grin on my face, just not even you know, watching the show, but I got a huge grin on my face like an idiot. Like a little boy who who just got a girlfriend to come with him somewhere. I, I think the reason is because I just I never have a girlfriend and I'm not very touchy feely with a girlfriend that this was nice. It's so funny, isn't it? Guys can be so manipulated so easily. So I guess that makes me the idiot. Like I said, she's very smart. She's very crafty. But a drunk. But I like that. 
So then we, you know, we went out. We went out, out the stage door. And we went to see Richard, and we were great. And remember, she had already seen the play, so there wasn't anything. She'd be like, you know, she did see him in the second half. She's like, it was great. I love this play. You know, like, I mean, she definitely rectified herself, you know, in that sense. Um, she she was really into it. We took pictures. She got her auto, she got her, her playbill signed by Richard. And uh, the girl who was playing the lead, who I don't know who that is. It's not Jesse Mueller anymore. She waited online. She was like a fan. She's an actress, you know, and she wants to be. So um, she was having a good time, even though it started out weird. I got to say, she definitely she definitely rectified herself. It was it was most um, either phenomenal or Dave just got just kind of grew up in a way and just didn't get mad at people the way he used to. Again, blaming myself for this is what you get when you choose somebody like that. But she definitely made up for it. And then I was like, well, you deserve uh, to be taken to dinner because uh, uh, I'm just i so happy. <laughs> I'm such a sucker. And so we were going to go to this place, Joe Allen's, you know, that we always go to after dinner. But they're closed. And then she's like, I want to get a steak. And I'm like, of course you do. Ugh, this is going to cost me. So I'm just trying to find a bar that has a steak. But then, you know, we found this place and they serve steaks, but it was expensive. Like every dish was 50 bucks. And I remember going into the bathroom and clearing my head and just being like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So now all of a sudden this day that this girl couldn't even remember that this was happening is going to cost me $500 of, of an unemployed person. This is a disaster. But these are the things that happen sometimes. There's just no way you're going to worry about it. So you might as well just go with it and have a good time. Order whatever you want and just move on and hope that this doesn't exist. I mean, Jesus Christ, I can remember in the 80s having no money and I had spent 60 bucks somewhere and just be like, look, let me just put it out of my, I'll put it out of my mind, you know, a year from now or a month from now, two days from now, this isn't going to matter. I'll forget about it and it'll just be a, a pleasant, unpleasant experience, unfortunately, financially. So, but it was a pleasant experience. We were at this place. They were very kind. We sat outside. It was the most perfect night of all August ever. Uh, the days have been perfect here lately. They haven't been humid. The waiter was awesome. He was hilarious. We were having a really good time. It was like midnight already, and they still served us steaks. And they and they came out sizzling, like Steve Sizzling Steakhouse. We had a bottle of wine. We had a really nice time. I got to say. The evening turned into a, a very pleasant evening. And um, then I paid the bill, and then I realized the guy overcharged me. I was just taking a look at the bill because I always like to bring the bill over and show uh, Joe and Caitlin. I'm like, look what I spent. And then I was looking at it, I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I went over, the guy he goes, oh, I did do that. I'm like, I usually don't even check. And then this time I did. And again, not to be Jewy, but I mean, he charged us an extra 50 bucks. So that ain't cool. I hope he uh, he said he took it off and then started it over. I didn't even check my, because I, I don't want to see what's in there. And then we went to another bar, had another couple of drinks, and then uh, I was pretty wasted. And then she said she was going to go to the Playboy Club to celebrate a birthday with another friend. And I'm like, good for you. I really just, I mean, she probably would have come over, but I was just, I, I think I was, I had had it. It was a long day for me. I I went down. I took my bike down to the South Street Seaport to get the tickets. Then the stress of her not being there, and then the drinking, the steak. I'm like, yeah, I'm finished. You, yeah, yeah, have a good time. You go. I'll see you tomorrow or whatever. I just saw her again tonight too. Um, <laughs> she's such a mess. <laughs> 
I've been thinking, and I don't know whether I mentioned this last week, but uh, Murphy and Chris Murphy and I have been talking about that, that, you know, all these girls that we're meeting at these clubs and stuff are so pretty because uh, it's summer and they're dressed so wonderfully. And we're saying by the fall, we may not uh, find them attractive anymore. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to dress. Uh, that's the true test, isn't it? I guess it's so easy to, you know, be attractive in the summer. For me, it's the opposite. I look better in the wintertime, uh, you know, as long as, long as I'm layered. Uh, but I, you know, it was a nice night. I wore a jacket and uh, maybe saw the picture on Instagram if you're following me. And you should be following me, damn it, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it turned out to be a nice evening, but boy, what a mess. But she did rectify it pretty quick, and if she came to the right show, she would have been there just 18 minutes late. Better than, you know, not showing up at all, which would have been rather devastating. And then going to see Richard, like, what happened to your date? Oh, yeah, couldn't get one. You know how it is. You know, how embarrassing would that be? A lot. So, anyway, that's the show, and that's Waitress, and... uh it closes. He leaves on the 18th of August. So if you're listening to this and you happen to be in the tri-state area, you have five days to go see it. Richard Klein in the role of that. The musical itself closes in January. I I can't recommend it. But like I said, if you can get a cheap ticket and you're not doing anything else, sure. Why not? It's pleasant enough. It's just not what we're looking for, you and I, when we're looking for, uh, you know, show tunes. We uh, we want something snappy and uh, and and poppy, something that pops and that's exciting, and something I'm gonna leave the theater singing, you know. Dear Evan Hansen, we've been way too out of touch. Things have been crazy, and it sucks that we don't talk that much. But I should tell you that I think of you each night. I rub my nipples and start moaning with delight. Why would you write that? I'm just trying to tell the truth. This needs to be perfect. These emails have to prove that we were actually friends. Just, I'll do it. I gotta tell you, life without ya has been hard, hard. has been bad, bad, has been rough. Broadway and you listen to this show isn't that an entertaining song that you know you're sitting there going I don't know what this song I don't know what this show is about 
I don't know what this song is about, but it sounds pretty funny, and it's working for me, and it's um, it's got something to it, and I'm enjoying myself. And when I left the theater, I was singing this song. Um, and there for me is the difference. Anyway, let's move on. Um, moving backwards. So last Sunday, I was doing my five o'clock show at the New York New York Comedy Club because uh, that's all I'm good enough to do. And uh, Irene Bremis was there. Now you you know we've had Irene on this show before. So she says to me, and I'll just tell you the whole damn story because this is so messed up. So she says. Uh, I'm going backwards in the week since we had all gone last week, but this happened after that anyway. She says, hey, now Irene has a new album out. It's called Unladylike. Irene Bremis has a new album that just dropped last Tuesday, um, which, you know, that's wonderful for her, and she is my friend, and that's really cool that she made this album. It's called Unladylike. And... uh I saw her on Sunday and she goes, hey, listen, I'm having a a party, like an album party. She had texted me before and she goes, I didn't want to do it. But my friend Jennifer Esposito, who used to be on Spin City, Spin City and a couple others. She's very sexy. Jennifer Esposito. She's my friend and she wanted to do something uh, for me, for my show. And, uh, you know, for this for this album dropping. So we're having this. Uh, get together at this bar on 23rd Street on Tuesday night. And I'm like, Tuesday night, I'll be hungover. I'm not going out Tuesday night. That was my plan because of the show. But I'm like, all right, of course I'm going to go. And so then I saw her on Sunday. She goes, yeah, I didn't want to do it, but Jennifer made me do it. And I'm like, whatever, I'm going to go, stupid. So I know I got to go. So Steve, her husband, who owns the pizza place, calls me uh, the day before, no, that day at around one o'clock and he says, hey, we're having a pregame at the pizza place. We're going to have some pizza and wings. And I'm like, that sounds great. And he goes, we're going to do it at 530. I'm like, that sounds great. And then, of course, at 530, I'm like, there's no way I can get out of the house. I can't believe I'm going to be able to be anywhere at eight o'clock or seven o'clock because I'm just hung over from Monday night. You know, it was a very long night. Uh, you know, it was partying. It was my technical birthday party. So, uh so I go and I take an Uber too, which I've been doing lately because I don't want to get sweated up before I get somewhere. So I took an Uber and I got there. I said, I'll go for 7.30. It started at 7. I'm like, who needs to be there at 7? I'll get there at 7.30. And I'm inviting people. I'm saying, hey, here's where I'll be. And they're like, are you sure we're invited? I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be a sit-down dinner. It was a sit-down dinner. It was a fucking sit-down dinner. And nobody said it was a sit-down dinner. Now, first of all, I walked in and had a B rating. I don't know if you guys have that in the rest of the country, but we have these grades in New York City. And it was a B rating. It's a Cuban-Chinese fusion place. First, exhibit A, gross. Exhibit B, it has a B rating, which means it's gross. Um, now, with Chinese food, I'll go to a B rating because Chinese food and Chinese places are disgusting, and I'll eat the B rating. But a sushi place that has a B, never go again. There's a place across the street from me that had a B. I never go in there. They have an A now, and they proudly display it in lights, but they had a B for like seven months, and they serve sushi. Uh-uh. That ain't cool. So the first thing I do is I go in, and I say, Irene, how come you didn't come to my party yesterday, you 
fucking, you know, whatever. <laughs> Pretty angry, but whatever. I, I got to shut up, right? It's her night. I don't want to make her angry. But then I'm thinking to myself, hey, how come she didn't come to my birthday? She never comes. You know, it's pretty one way, one street, one-sided, you know? So that's ain't cool. But I was thinking about that, but I got to relax. Then I talked to the manager. I'm like, you got a B rating. What's up with that? And then she has some lame excuse of why they have a B rating. Oh, and I'm like, why would I want to eat here? You have a B. And so then as soon as we walk in, Irene says, uh, it's it's very awkward. It's very, everything's awkward. Because we're in this one little room. She invited too many people. The table stretch out. Or everybody's already seated there because they've been there for a half hour because I didn't know it was a dinner. And why would you have a dinner party, a dinner, a sit-down dinner for an album release party? What are we, 80? Are you kidding? An album release party should be a space at a bar serving hors d'oeuvres. And just have it, you know, all right, we are 40 or 50, so you can just have a space. It doesn't have to be an all-blowout disco. But I'm just saying, a sit-down dinner? Are you kidding? And uh, so I, I saw everybody, and then I see this girl that Marina and I just can't stand anymore. I'm like, oh, my God, it's also the people I hate as well. There's a bunch of jerk-offs here. I This is really bothering me. Um and then I met Jennifer Esposito, and she might have been the prettiest girl ever. She's so pretty. And I'm like, nice to meet you. And I walked right the fuck out. I walked right the fuck out. I said hello to everybody. I'm like, Steve, are you coming? He goes, I want, oh, can I come with you? He can't come. I'm like, you can't come. You're her husband. You can't come. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. This sucks. And John saying, I don't even know him. He's got a show on Sirius Radio. He left, too. I'm like, we're like, what are you, kidding? We're going to sit down? What am I going to sit down? I'm going to pay for this schmuck's dinner? I'm, what do I got to pay unless this Jennifer Esposito? And I'm saying to myself, there's no way this Jennifer Esposito is paying for everybody. She only has 90 sitcom money. There's no way she parlayed that to pay for everybody at this dinner. No way. So I'm like, fuck this, that I'm going to pay 60 to to $100 for a stupid Cuban Chinese. What? And then there's going to be people like, well, I didn't have anything. I'm telling you, leaving was the greatest thing I ever did. And I walk down and I say, I got a friend who I know is going to be at this one bar on 23rd and 7th. She lives next door. It's one of my friend Caitlin's friends. She's 23. She's always at that bar. I'll call her, see if she's there. And she was. I walked right there and I ran into Susan Wang, who you might remember hates me from Rachel's wedding, but she doesn't really hate me. And I dated her sister. And she's like, where are you going? The party's I'm like, this party blows. I'm leaving. If you need me, I'll be at this bar. And she's like, it's really bad. I'm like, it stinks. Uh, and, you know, I was just like, this is where I'm going. Nobody needs to know. You can tell anybody you want. I don't care. I'm going to this bar. I'm going to eat there. So I went to the bar. That girl was there. It was great. I had an instant beer. I ordered chicken wings, which were horrible, by the way. I even tried them both. I asked the girls, are they good here? They're like, oh, they're great. They were not good. I had them hot and mild just to make sure. Both bad, really bad. So that kind of blew because I was looking forward to eating something. But uh, no, nah, I just couldn't care. I was just drinking. And then I was like, I, I, I was so over that scene. And so the next day, all I wanted to know, I called up my friend Rena. You know, I just need to know, uh, you know, did Jennifer pay for everybody? What happened? You know, so, uh, but then I talked to this girl, Shauna, and she told me, I don't know, I didn't need anything. And I'm like, I don't even know what kind of a response that is. Did Jennifer pay for everyone? And I found out finally that no, everybody had to pay for themselves. And I'm like, you know what? And of course, 
Do I mind paying if we're doing something for Irene? But Irene was so adamant saying she set everything up. And then I found out Irene's just a big fat liar. Jennifer didn't set anything up. Irene set it up, which makes perfect sense because she always fucks everything up. And Jennifer just sent out the invitations. That's pretty much what happened because I heard through the grapevine because, you know, I'm a gossip queen. And that's what happened, which makes perfect sense that Irene messed it up because she's stupid and cannot plan this kind of stuff. She's bad with dates and times. She is a joy to be around, but she's a moron when it comes to anything else. It's like David Tell doing anything else but comedy. And it's, oh my God, it was just driving me insane. And so, like, and I was like, because the whole time I'm figuring out myself, Jennifer Esposito is, I know she's been in other stuff besides Spin City, but it, she cannot have the kind of money to pay for everybody at this party. How many people were there? Probably 25. There's no way she has, unless she invested like Lyle Wagner from the Carol Burnett show or something. There's no way. Why would she pay? I mean, unless she's, Irene is just full of shit. This is all that comes on all the time. Every time I talk to her, there's always just nonsense. There's always an issue and a problem. It's really frustrating. Why don't you just be honest with me and tell me the truth that you set it up and you want people to come to a sit-down dinner, you dumb fuck. Sorry, I didn't mean to say those kind of words, but. Ah, oh, I am so glad I left. And I didn't leave in a huff. I just walked right out. I didn't do a huff or anything. I just ran out. I don't think anybody even saw me. Nobody even called me since. I'm fine with that. I don't care. I know I did the right thing. I'm telling you, this is all grown up Dave Juskow stuff. I might have sat there for a while and ruined everybody's good time. I'm like, I am better off leaving. I don't have any allegiance here. It's not Rachel. It doesn't matter. Her husband's here. Everything's fine. She can be with these idiots. One person came in after the other one. I'm like, oh, my God, she invited her. She invited him. Oh, God, I can't be. I hate all these people. You know, besides Steve and Irene and Steve's kid. I, I, I uh, uh. Meanwhile, my friend Diane was there who I like. And she goes, oh, I'm going to I'll see you tomorrow. And she brings her granddaughter with her. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Her granddaughter? How old are we? What is happening? Well, I guess I am at the age where people have grandkids. I, I wasn't expecting it. Oh, my God. Then I've had a problem with Audrey lately because she met me at that bar that I went to and she took my friend's number. And lately I had four days in a row where she took my friend's numbers, their cell phone numbers. And it bothered me. I know it probably shouldn't because I really like her a lot. But it did. Every time I introduced her to somebody, she took their numbers. And then, so Memo and I, we filmed the scene where I get fired that I told you with the puppets at Sesame Street on Wednesday. And Memo texts me and he goes, is that girl coming Wednesday? And I go, who? He goes, I don't know, that blonde girl you're you're going out with. And I'm like, what? Why would she be coming? She goes, I don't know. She said she was coming. She I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. But somehow this girl has integrated herself into my life a little too quickly. I don't want to be that guy where, you know, I'm pursuing or pursuing. And then all of a sudden I'm in. And, and then I'm like, oh, it's too quick. But it is a little quick. Because then also her brother called the uh, the comedy seller the day of the show because he didn't get tickets in time and he called him he goes maybe you don't know who i am but i happen to know dave Juskow." and it was like and i'm like what are you fucking kidding what is happening with this family 
Now, I know she's only doing, she's not doing it to my friend, but it happened on, on Saturday at Joe's house. Uh, she took his, his daughter's number. That, that was all right. And then, but I mean, everything's all right. And then she took Olga's number on Monday. And then she took this girl Jordan's number on Tuesday. You know, it was just, I'm like, all right, all right, all right. That's, let's hold on a second here. Let's, what are we doing here? You're the one that say you don't want to label anything. Are you my girlfriend? Is this, is that what's happening here? What is happening? I mean, that's, I guess if you're my girlfriend, yeah, you can, uh, whatever. But I don't know what's happening. I'm confused. I am Dave Juskow. I haven't had a girlfriend since the 80s. I am confused on how this works. But I called her and we talked it over and I said, listen, listen, I've been alone for so long. Uh, You know, here's the, here's the situation, folks. And this has nothing to do with anybody. And Audrey's still a doll. The problem is me. And the weird part is this. I don't even think I realized how life was passing me by while I was at this job. I mean, I probably realized a couple of times I've wasted my life. But for 20 years, now that people come over and I'm interacting with more people every day, I realize now, wow, I just wasted 20 years of my life. When I had this job, and maybe I'll have to get a job again, I don't know. Man, I wasn't doing anything, and I was... I. I always said, I don't want to use the excuse that I have a job. Come on, let's just go out and we deal with it. And you know how many times I went out and still went to work the next day and it doesn't matter. And I'm sure if you talk to anybody at my old job, they'll be like, oh, that guy used to party all the time. His life's crazy. But it really wasn't. To me, it just felt like I was home all the time, watching TV, by myself, watching the world go by. And that and that really was my life. And so for then for somebody to come in this quickly and you know, and all these things happening in my life where I'm meeting all these people, not just girls, but guys too. And, and we're all having good times and people are coming over more frequently and I'm having guests and, you know, it's just, um, it's great. I'm just, it's just been 20 years of, you know, where me and Atel, we just talk about being alone all the time and, you know, being alone for so long, it's hard to let people in after a while. I mean, I really want to let people in. I want to, I want to be more open, but you know, it really has been 20 years to where, you know, I really haven't let anyone in this little fortress that I built for myself where, you know, I have this job. And, and I mean, look at who are the friends that I had all these years, people from work. That's what happens. It's just people from work. Where did I go on Saturday? Went to people from work. So people from work. I introduced people, Audrey, people from work. These are my friends from work. Who did we meet on, on Tuesday? We met. A girl that I met from a girl at work. That was my life for 20 years. That's the way everybody's life is. You hang out with people from work. It's hard to meet people because what was I doing on the site? Yeah, I know the comedians and stuff, but these are the people I've known for a long time. And I'm really good at keeping in touch with people and everything. But, you know, now, but basically my life was work. I saw all those people all the time, every day for 20 years. It's funny that you would want to also hang out with them on the weekends, the ones you like. It's it's interesting, isn't it? But you have so much in common. You can talk about the office and everything. And now we, uh, you know, I have all these things where I meet all these people and, you know, we talk about comedy and everything. And it's super fun, too. Really fun. So I just got to change my, what I'm doing. You know, I got to change my mindset and my thought process and try and work this out. But I tell you, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. I mean, I I don't want to work ever again. 
Is there any way I can do that? Isn't that the way people retire? I always heard they always work. Yeah, I worked 30 years and now I don't have to work anymore. Do I have to work 50 years before uh, I can kind of retire? I should be able to retire. Now, certainly I didn't save up enough money to retire. But <laughs> I don't know what to do. I know I need to work. I know things aren't going to work out the way I want them to right away. But uh, I don't want to get locked in again. I don't want to get locked in again. That was horrible. I wasted 20 years of my life, the best 20 years. Like a really good quality 20 years, you know? I'm an old man now. It's sad. And uh, I don't know, you know? And then I, I get nervous when I fall into these old habits. And yesterday I didn't leave the house. And it's only one day out of all these things where I've been very busy, but... You know, it makes me nervous. Are we doing this again? I mean, thank God I had something to do today. Thank God I got something to do tomorrow. And I think, uh, you know, my birthday's coming up and stuff. And that's, it's not depressing for a man. It's not a milestone year for the milestone year. Depressing, but it's not, you know, it's not. So it'll be okay. And then, you know, we're going to LA. I mean, got so much fun stuff planned. You got to relax, right? But then I got to concentrate on something. I haven't done anything to do anything for my future i'm always like well i'll do it this particular day that's the time i haven't had time to do any writing i mean i don't know what i've been doing i mean i've been going out and doing sets and stuff like that it's not like i've been going out and totally partying but it seems like at a, from 11 a.m till 4 p.m i should be doing something to help my career right it's the only i it's the only plan that we can make but it'll all work out. Everything will be fine. I have so much else to tell you, but I think we got to end it here, right? Yeah. Just forget it. Well, that is our show for today. I guess I hope you enjoyed it. It's all over the place. And, uh, you know, we talk about Broadway. We talk about girls. We talk about relationships. talk about just a bunch of shit. So next week... I'm not sure what the podcast is. I think it's going to be stupid. I think I'm just going to play some music. <laughs> I mean, next week I should probably take off next week and not have a podcast uh, and then not do Labor Day, but I don't know. I'll come up with something. Rachel might come over my birthday. We'll have something. We'll plan something. We'll put something together because, you know, I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to go to Los Angeles. Uh, I'm already saying to myself, why did I take a nine o'clock flight on Tuesday? I should have gone much earlier. But I know I'm going to, oh, I'm ugh, I'm already miserable that I'm going, even though I know. Why? Why am I miserable? Who cares? It's a, I'm, on, I'm on vacation all the time, but this is, I'm not even on vacation, but I should be on vacation. I Look, I'm not going to find any work out there, but it would be awesome if I did. But anyway, then we'll get back and everything will be back to normal. We'll have a good time again. I'll start doing some more shows. We'll hit the fall. Oh my God, I'm so nervous about football. I'm nervous. I don't want to sink into that habit either. I got to keep doing these 5 o'clock Sunday shows so I can get out of the house when it starts to get dark. These could be the most important shows ever in my life. Sunday's 5 o'clock New York Comedy Club. I'm always going to be there. I'm always going to, I hope I have a standing you know, appointment there all the time because that could help me get to a lot of tough spots. So listen, folks, that's the show. I hope you have a great week. Obviously, I mean, I'll have a podcast, but you know, it won't be uh, current. And so in two weeks... I'll tell you everything that happened in L.A., and you know it's always good. I mean, already, I, Richard Klein told me he's doing a movie in September in Boston with Diane Keaton, and I was just like, oh, I'm going to see her next week. I'll tell her I talked to you. Oh, don't worry about Oh, don't worry. I'm going to see her. So, you know, that's uh, 
that's going to be a fun podcast because uh, all my LA trips are usually unbelievable. You know, like I mean, it is a strange life I lead, and there's just no other way to put it. So I will see you next week on the no, I'll see you in two weeks on the podcast, everybody. I hope you have a great middle of August, and uh, thank you for wishing me a happy birthday by listening to this podcast, and I'll see you next time on The Nightfly with me, Dave Juskow. Good night, everybody. Tonight, tonight, there's a party on the